Um, Dr. Baird is an infectious disease physician and a researcher with Dalhousie University in Nova Scotia. Dr. Baird, thank you so much for your time today. Good morning. It's it's interesting to me because you know we had a caller earlier this morning saying you know I don't understand why the media seems to be downplaying everything that we're seeing that's good news and I and I kind of understand what they're saying in a sense because when we hear about Omicron and what happened in South Africa and in the UK and in Scotland all the news that's coming out of there is yeah it was really really infectious but it didn't cause as much illness and it seems to be petering out very quickly so it sounds positive but I, we're always cautioned to get too excited about that. Can you help us understand why? <laughs> it's a bit of a drag, really, it isn't is. it? <laughs> that we don't get excited about these things. Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel for people. I really do. Um, I, I think it's great to keep on top of information as it evolves. And I'd caution against using the past tense about South Africa, Denmark, Germany, and the UK. I'd use it um, more in the present tense as, as they move through this sure surge that um, it's looking like things are doing okay. So why, why do we downplay it? Well, I don't know if it's downplay. I think it's that we want to make sure we don't jump the gun on assumptions and then look back and go, ooh, what do we do that for when we end up in a situation where we're airlifting people to another place? So does it look good? Um, it looks like the, you're right, that compared to the number of infections, the number of people hospitalized does seem to be a lower percentage, and it does look like the infections are going down. Two things I'd caution against there. One, a lot of places have stopped doing a lot of testing when they get those surges, so the case numbers do always look like they go down because we don't find as many, so Mm -hmm. just to be careful about that part. Um, Hospitalization, super important, and they do look to be a lower percentage, but there's still a chunk of people that are ending up sick in ICU and in hospital, and that's why we are still careful about that, mainly because our capacity is fairly limited. And P.S., I don't think anyone in Canada is keen to see people um, in an ICU or hospitalized. So um, good news, but that's the tempering features, and within a couple of more weeks, we'll be more definitive, and hopefully we'll still be able to say hooray, this looks like it's headed in the right direction. Okay, that was the next question. And I, I understand fully that there, there's lagging indicators, right? You're going to have cases mm. which are ultimately later going to translate to hospitalization, ultimately going to translate to ICU, and unfortunately translate to death. We know that. We've seen mm-hmm. this movie before several times. What's the time frame? Like, at what point will you, as an infectious disease physician, look at it and say, you know what, it looks like it's going to be really bad or it's going to be really good? What's the time frame you're estimating here? I I always said when this one came up, you know, it's going to take three weeks till we know the first blush of of badness around transmission and then another three to five more weeks, so eight weeks out. And if you think about it, that's um, the equivalent of about four incubation periods for what we think COVID incubation periods are. And so it's another few weeks before we are going to be or at least I'm going to be super definitive in any way about what this virus does from a disease severity perspective. And the other reason I want to be cautious till then is right now we don't have access to those oral medications that prevent severe disease. Mm -hmm. We don't have access to quite as much of the antibodies that we give in the community to prevent severe disease. And we still need to get boosters into arms and give them two weeks after to work until we have those three tools, um, playing playing a gambling game with severe disease is is a little bit unwise. So give us a few weeks. Yeah, seems 
Very reasonable to me. Um, when we talk about testing, it seems like testing, now we've got people lining up people. It's like the toilet paper of um, this time two years ago. Um, and a part of me says, why? We, we didn't care about testing until a couple of weeks ago. Now everybody needs to have a test. Why are they so important? Well, there's two ways to approach it. Um, here in Nova Scotia, we have had a commitment to testing even in no symptoms. You guys were handing them out like in, in entertainment districts, right? Back in the summer. Yeah. 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 We really wanted to keep uh, our virus low because we know that we have an older population that's vulnerable even after vaccination. And we really wanted to, to keep this at a manageable level with a delicate health system. So we wanted people to know their status. It was kind of like, you know, you want to know your status about other infectious diseases, this was one of them. Um, So here we have been concentrating on testing because we know that no symptom people are the folks who can spread things the fastest. People who know they have symptoms, who can stay home or their contacts tend to modify their behavior and infect fewer people. Um, The no symptoms folks are the people who are going to be out and about Mm -hmm. not knowing what's going on. So we were using tests for them. We are concentrating at the moment, given that we have become unfortunately the hotspot in Canada (laughs) at the moment. Um, We uh, have shifted to using some of those rapid tests for people with symptoms as well, but still encouraging people without symptoms to get tested. And that's the reason why is that, number one, uh, if you don't have access to PCR test or it's going to take too long, the rapid test can give human beings the ability to know their status and definitely stay home. And number two, for the people who are out and about, and we are asking people not to do that quite yeah. as much as our people in Alberta being asked to do less. Um, it gives people a little bit of a sense that if they're going to have to be around a vulnerable person, that perhaps they're less in, less infectious if they have a, a negative test on that given day only, though. This is not a test that if you're negative once, it's good for the week. Uh, it's only good for that day. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, there needs to be some education around exactly how they work. Um Last one, and I don't know and if, if you, you mentioned, you know, we're, we're changing who we're testing and how we're testing. And I know some of the sports leagues, NHL and NFL, are starting to ask the question about, well, we're testing a whole bunch of asymptomatic people. They're coming back positive and they're out for two weeks, but they're completely healthy. Um, and everybody's anxious to get to that point where, you know, we're, not, we're treating this like we do the seasonal flu or the seasonal cold. I mean, when do we, in your estimation, get to that point? Because I think a lot of people think we're there already. Yeah, a lot of people do think that we're there already, and I'd argue that we're not, um, because of the following. When do we get there? We get there when we know that we've got a virus and we know how it works. Getting really, really confident too fast would be a crappy move at this point. Two, we need to get the boosters into the groups of people, humans that have not had access before, like kids, uh, because they are a spreading reservoir. And once we get that tamped down, we will have a good backbone of immunity. Plus, we got this winter to go through to get an extra respiratory season where people who are vaccinated get some exposure and additional protection. And after those things, what I'm talking about is spring, then we have the conversation about the whole getting down to really living with COVID. But until then, a little bit of extra knowledge, the rest of the vaccinations in, and an extra season of people getting exposed little early to think about living with this. Doctor, awesome. Uh, awesome information. I really appreciate you joining us today. Okay, you take care and have a happy holiday. You too. Thanks so much. That is Dr. Take Lisa care. Barrett, who is an infectious disease physician and a researcher with Dalhousie University in Nova Scotia.